It's Triple M's Dead Set Legends for Newtown Toyota. The footy last night doesn't have the same feel as with no crowds. Mm. That was a big top four clash last night. Port Adelaide just too good. It was deserving of a great clash, though, how close it was. Yes. And it all came down to the final kick, really, just uh, touched on the line. And Yeah, uh, fantastic. It, it was actually a really nice game to watch. The right team won in my eyes, Mick. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Dave. Well said. Well said. I think uh, Port Adelaide dominated the whole game. They just couldn't convert. They were really inaccurate across the first uh, pretty much three quarters, and then they straightened up and, and got moving. Um, now, that's three in a row for the Dogs that yeah, they've lost. They so look good. I liked. I thought they were the Premiership fancies three weeks ago. I'm still confident that they can get the job done, but they need to finish mm. in the top four. So results need to go their own way today. Your West Coast Eagles can play a role in that. How yeah. do you think they'd go? You, you, being a player in the team, you're sitting at home today. <laughs> are you just glued to the other games that you need uh, the result to go your well, way? Well, you are, you are glued to them. And at times, Mick, I'm sure you were similar where you were relying on results to go your way. But the coaches over years and years have just told you that like, the, the ladder doesn't lie. So yep. watch it, don't watch it. Where your ends, where your ends, stiff pickies if you don't make yeah. it. You're like, well, that's probably fair. So why waste time? You know, get better and go There's do something else. You can do. No, you can't yeah. do anything. And I think whoever finishes fifth, oh, oh, the, the eighth spot for mine is just they'll make it. They'll be better for the experience, but they'll be in and out pretty quickly. So finishing fifth won't be the worst result. Now the empty crowds last night. They've mm. got to get all finals away yep. from empty crowds. It's hard to watch, and and it's. I feel sorry again, as we said to the Victorians, and it's a rental. Not we're not the landlords of the grand final. That sort of business. Mm. But hearing uh, Razor Ray last night in the call, uh, <laughs> what did you make of it? We'll go to you first, Brie. We'll listen to the audio, and I want to hear your opinion off the back of it. Kick here, Port Adelaide abuse. No prior opportunity. Legally tackled, attempting to handball. Play on. Do not speak to me like that. I love that. You love that? I thought it was one of the highlights of not having crowds mm. is how clearly you were able to hear his assertiveness, just dish off exactly why, and then do not talk to me like that. That's why mm. you'll make a good mother, mm. Mick. What did you uh, make of it? Ray's all about Ray. Ray's all about Ray. And I think Ray just plays up a little bit too much for mine, Zave. Yep. I actually would like to know what Rourke Smith said. Um, mm. Some sort of name, that, isn't it, Britt? Rourke yes. Smith. But, yeah, I think I Ray think picks his moment. Normal. Yeah. He he picks his moment. Friday night footy, he knows he's going to get a huge amount of exposure on all yeah. our radio shows across the weekend if he does something silly like that. Uh, I believe that I reckon if you um, went to 100% of the footballers in the AFL and asked, what did you make of it? I reckon 99.9 would have said uh, something that starts with S and ends in U, <laughs> and there might have been a word in between. So I'm not a big fan I of it. I think you need to get it, and any time the kids are playing up, you just need to play. play. Do not talk yeah, to me like that. Yeah, he yeah, did it yeah. to Sean Grigg as well. I remember Grigg getting it one day, and he, and, and he put it, everything's going to be okay, Sean. Yeah. Everything's going to be okay, or something like that. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Really quickly, before we do get to the song, mate, uh, Eddie Betts, best small forward you've ever seen or best small forward of all time? I've seen him kick some of the most remac- uh, miraculous goals in the flesh. Like that pocket at Adelaide Oval was remarkable. I reckon he kicked two against Fremantle. Yeah. Left foot Eddie's check pocket. sides. Yeah, amazing. Left foot check sides, which you shouldn't kick, and but I- he's kicked them and kicks them for fun. I would suggest, um, Zave, great call. The best of all time An in that role. An absolute star, both on and off the field. Yeah, I, I played on him uh, one day, and it was the rule that we tried to get into Eddie, and our Adelaide beat us. We didn't really get into him. And anyway, Eddie came up and goes, that's not you, brother. And I was like, <laughs> you're probably right, Ed. Good luck today, mate. <laughs> hey, some big retirements, though, guys. So, Eddie, we mentioned Sean Burgoyne, Kale Hooker, but we can't forget those guys that retire just because they know they're going to get delisted. Yeah, big they're, shout they're out to on Jack the plank. Homsch. They're getting big, walked off with the sword. <laughs> big shout out to Jack Homsch and Jordan Murdoch from the Gold Coast Suns who hung them up during the week. <laughs> That's right. Mick, uh, you and I have been texting throughout the week and there's a lot of news popped up and I, all I can mm. say is, thank the Lord, 
Lee Matthews ran into Ross in the car park at the MCG and just re-sparked his coaching oh, interest. Quite remarkable. Ross <laughs> quite remarkable. Just, he just needed a sign from God, God yeah. on this occasion being Lee, Lee Matthews, Matthews to say, you are too young to put it away, Ross. And Ross is like, no, you're right. You're in right. fairness, people can change their mind, you know. Everyone's on him saying that he's changed. You're allowed to change your no, mind. No, you are allowed you to want. change your mind, but you don't need to make up some fanciful story, story that Lee yeah. Matthews saw you in the, is it the bowers of the MCG and yeah, say, yeah. You need yeah. to keep going, son. You, you are. <laughs> yeah. See the light. See the light and go. And Ross, I think he's popped back into all the media circles. And I've been digging up all the Ross Lionisms, all the videos. And we did a bit of digging and we found some of his best work. And this is what maybe Carlton players can expect next year. Over the sharp 60-minute session, the coach's tone ranges from aggressive and assertive... Can I ask the defenders why no one was on Kepler-Bradley coming at the ball by 10 metres? Can you start defending? To constructive and supportive. Tommy, Tommy. Tommy is second year player Tom Sheridan. <laughs> really good start, some really good things, some really valuable lessons, wasn't there, yeah, about yeah. how important it is. So yeah. I thought you ran really hard, hit over the ball, but just some execution yeah. of those things we showed. So I've spoken to both Kepler Bradley and Tom Sheridan during the week. Kepler said, why wasn't anyone on Kepler Bradley? Kepler just said, well, it's just because I'm no good. Now, no I was going to say, two, two, two were on path. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Tommy, I said, mate, Tommy, do you ever listen in, in one ear, out the other with Tommy? Because, yeah. you know, second year player, what, what not, and his uh, career just really fizzled after that. I, I would have loved I would have loved Ross to go uh, when he goes, you know, a couple of really good lessons in there for you, Tommy. And he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. I would have loved Ross to go, yeah, what were they? <laughs> and he, would have known, he doesn't know which way his ass points, Tommy. <laughs> How do you feel about all that, Britt, hearing that behind-the-curtain type of stuff? I actually love it, and you guys know when I watch the uh, the AFL documentary, obviously you guys have lived it. It's just second yeah. nature for you guys. But I actually found it fascinating. So I always uh, – and you've always had all the Rossisms throughout, and <laughs> I find watching the way different people coach people fascinating. It keeps me up at night, Ross, still. <laughs> I still wake up with cold sweats, and uh, there's, a fair, there's a fair reason for it. Eight years on, this is why. Do the wrong thing and you'll be reminded. Mick Barlow. Yes. Going really well, but did you not stand the mark again on the weekend? That last play rolled off and just left the mark. Against Geelong? West Coast. Right, I think so. <laughs> um, probably. Probably. Yeah. Let's go for a minute of commando, Ross. Uh, someone. Yeah, Three yeah, strikes, yeah. you're out, Mick. Ross the boss. He doesn't miss much. Three strikes and you're out, Mick. Yeah. You didn't even know which bloody team you played. <laughs> Hey, let Geelong. No, mate, or West Coast. <laughs> let me. You've been in that situation, Zay, where the coach comes at you and you're just like. Um, <laughs> let me give give some give some background to why I said two teams. The NAB Cup, oh, way okay. back when, yeah. played the old round robin situation. We played two teams uh, in one um, in one day. So that that's why I said both teams. All Sounding I heard like there, though. Excuse. Well, all I heard there, Britton Ross, was Mick Barlow. Going very well. That, that's all. Yeah. Then my attention span went. And he didn't hear commando rolls. He thought you said you're a commando, which is, which makes plenty of sense to me, Mick. Now, I Googled what the monocle emoji means after you've texted him, and that's the, what you got back. May show that someone is pondering, considering, or questioning something. I think it's the perfect emoji to send back. It, it is. It is. And this was what, whilst he was on, on air, footy classified, going to air, making all the big statements. After that show, I said, hmm, I don't reckon he's going to come on with us. He's just said all he needed to say. All right, mate, before we get out of here with uh, Ross, the boss, now I need to know, Mick, will he be coaching next year? There's two-part question. Mm, okay. and, ha- and has he had, which we heard on the Triple M rumour mill yesterday, that uh, Ross has potentially had some work done to his hair? <laughs> <laughs> you floored me. Let's answer question two first. 
absolutely. That, that's why. That's why I wanted to get him on and actually say, mate, what are you using? Because I am on board. Let's do a two for one yeah. type of operation here. First question: You and I have chatted before, Zave, about Ross and, and the way he handles himself. He doesn't say things by mistake. No, and and he doesn't deal. And I say this with all sincerity: he doesn't deal in hypotheticals. So no. for him. To start openly discussing this situation at Carlton and no, of absolutely bat, um, putting away the Collingwood situation. This is real. Yeah. And it would seem, you know, it's, it's more real than unreal that he's going to be the Carlton coach next year. And two questions to you, Britt. Similar to the second one, has uh, Ross the boss had a little bit of an adjustment <laughs> day, done to the hair? It looks that way. And would you like to see Ross back? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him back, and I think he'll be at Carlton listening to uh, everything that he said during that interview. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. And I think the Triple M experience has been good for Ross. It has softened him a bit, and he's picked up quite a few fans that don't know him that well. It's Triple M's Dead Set Legends for Newtown Toyota. Now, we set Britt the task yesterday. I said, Britt, we need to speak to a jockey. I didn't expect you to come along with an absolute champion, Tommy Berry. Yes, the best in the business, of course, for Dead Set Legends. Tommy, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How excited are you uh, on the day of the first Group 1 of the season? Yeah, no, it's an exciting day. It's, uh, you know, spring's here now when uh, the wing stakes comes along and uh, what a st- stellar lineup we've got this year. Um, since the mayor's been retired, it's no more five or six horse field. So uh, it's a it's a full <laughs> field full of horses that have got a big spring ahead of them. Hey, Tommy, we find you in the car, race day. What does your race day morning look like? We know the sacrifices jockeys make to make weight and, and be prepared uh, physically for the day. What's your morning look like this morning? Um, pretty much just get up, hopefully, um, after Shani and, and she gets up to the kids first. Otherwise, I get up to them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Usually I ride work usually at, at Rose Hill on a Saturday morning, but that's shut at the moment uh, with COVID restrictions. So at the moment, just getting up, going for a light walk, having a little bit of brekkie and then jumping in the bath for an hour and a half. Usually you have to lose between a kilo and a kilo and a half and then um, just do the scratchings and, and get in the car and away we go. Zave, I can see your face there. All I've got to do is sit in the bath and I can lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> I've got about 30 I've got to drop off yeah, though. You'll be in the bath for a very, very long time. <laughs> I wrote bath down on my bit of paper. <laughs> You'll be a prune by the time you get out. <laughs> exactly right. Hey, what is the latest with the COVID restrictions and everything? What's it looking like for you guys as jockeys? Yeah, look, we're um, it's changing all the time. Um, at the moment, uh, we've got two areas. Obviously, uh, the guys that ride um, in around the city area, we can ride at uh, anywhere between from inner Sydney up to Wyong and then um, down south to Canberra. And then anywhere outside of that um, is, is for the guys um, in the regional area. Mm-hmm. But uh, with the new restrictions changing, I think we go staying locked down to the end of September. But um, I think they're classifying um, the Central Coast as a regional area. So um, us guys sort of lose a couple of meetings there again. So we mm-hmm. can only really, and we can't ride at Rose Hill, Canterbury or Warwick Farm. So we've got the Kensington and Randwick uh, left yep. uh, with Hawkesbury and Campbell. So that's sort of where we're at at the moment we can only ride work at uh Randwick. um so it's not too bad look, but we can still do our jobs uh between trials track work and races i'm still doing something four or five days a week so uh definitely not complaining at all no it's the glass half full attitude there mate but uh, of course we've got so much great racing and generally between two states sydney and then uh, victoria are you able to forward plan a victorian stint or is that almost off the agenda this year yeah, I think it is off the agenda at this stage. Um, Glenn Boss did try and get there um, to ride, I think, this weekend. And he 
uh, had his last weekend riding in Sydney, I think two or three weeks ago, but he's still yep. he's back riding in Sydney today because okay. uh, they didn't accept his um, his plea to ride there um, or, or, or live there, even though he's got a he's got a house in Melbourne. So that just shows you how hard it is for anyone in Sydney to get to Melbourne uh, if you're a resident here. So it's not looking likely at this stage. What about your ride today, Mwanga in the Group One? Yeah, massive book today, but Mwanga in the Big One. How has uh, he returned? I believe you partnered in a gallop the other day. How is he ahead of the first up assignment? Yeah, I, I've only ridden him in the one gallop. Obviously, he's trained at Warwick Farm, so I haven't been able to sit on him too much. And uh, but he was able to have a gallop at Randwick on the course proper, where I was able to sit on him and. He's, he, he surprised me quite a bit because he's he's not a he's not an appealing worker. He, he he sends you home pretty disappointed every time you jump on his back because he's mm. he's uh, he's less than appealing. But um, I was quite surprised with you know how much he's matured and he was quite sharp in his piece of work that he did with Zaki uh, last week. So uh, he, he's. His task is made a little bit more tricky from the alley, but um, look, we're uh, banking on a little bit of luck and hopefully we can slot in somewhere midfield. And, um, you know, this is his chance to show that he's up to them weight for age horses because he was obviously one of the better three-year-olds over the mile 2000 last preparation, but when he went up against uh, the weight for age horses, he was left to found wanting. So um, he's got to make that necessary improvement and, and show that he's, he's up to running in, in races like that. It's great to have Tommy on. For one, we've actually got Zave Alice paying attention here. He's scribbling down yeah. notes. He's getting prepared for the day ahead. So, Tommy, you've sharpened up the crew in here this morning. Hey, I want to take a, a step back in time and talk about your career. What, what do you feel is your best ever win? And what's yeah. on the, the bucket list in terms of, um, you know, the elusive one that you're really chasing down? Yeah, I think my, my best win is probably um, the, the third TJ Smith on Chautauqua. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I think no one will ever forget that watching it or, or being a part of the day. It was uh, Winks uh, one on that day as well. It's probably the only day that Winks has been equaled or maybe even overshadowed a little bit. So yep. um, that, that was an incredible day. And winning on him in Hong Kong um, in, in the sprint prize as well was was incredible. But uh, for me, a special moment probably was was winning my first gold Super Board overreach and and having my brother there on the day. So yep. uh, they were very fond memories. Looking back on it now. Tommy, you've, uh, as we mentioned, you do have a big day ahead of you. Have you got one that uh, you might be able to tip our, our Perth listeners into to have a look at closely? I thought Bullfinch in the last actually was a great chance at 19-1. Okay. It's been trolling well, but it's been safe for another day. Oh, uh, yes. So keep, keep, an, keep an eye on him because he's a he's a really nice import um, that that's, looks to have come back in good order. But uh, another one um, that's at nice enough odds is, I guess, Jamea. I think she's a really... Underrated filly. She's drawn very well. She's yep. going to get a good run from the alley. And um, at $6.50, I think she's a very good bet. Beautiful, Tommy. Race six at Randwick. I might be tipping into that. Thanks very yep. much for joining us today, mate. And have a wonderful day. And uh, sorry to hear Sydney's a bit bit tough at the moment from us over here in WA. I uh, appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks, guys. Champion jockey at Tommy Berry. Always great to chat with the top-level jockeys, Britt. Thanks very much for organising that. Tap Touch. The race starts when the bet's on. Tap Touch. Better your bet. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858. Sending you into the weekend with a winner in your hand. This is Brit's Best. Okay, we are back in business. We are back in business. Last week, we both made a collect. Double collect over nearly 350 to Lifeline. Of course, that is what we're doing. We're 
having a little interest on the weekends and any um, funds that come back to us, which let's face it, we're pretty good. It happens most week. They come back to us. Uh, <laughs> Lifeline, the money will be donated at the end of the year. That's right. And I'm sticking with the quaddies. The quaddy formula. Yes, we know that I've made the switch to the quaddy in recent weeks and uh, it worked for us last week. So we'll continue again. It gives us an interest across the whole afternoon as well, provided we're not knocked out in the first leg. Okay. You're going to run through your numbers and of course we will put them up on our socials. Yep. I've got five in each leg today. Race six, three, five, six, seven, eight. Race seven, one, two, three, six, and eight. Race eight is the feature. One, two, four, six, and seven. Or oh, it isn't the feature, actually. I tell a lie. That was earlier on. It was a race trick. Six. That's yes. okay. <laughs> and race nine, one, three, six, seven, and nine. There you go. And Mick, for the boys, uh, after Lockie Neal came a good with over 30 disposals for us last week, ended on 30 with a stack correction, got 31 and most. But. Uh, why break up with something yep. you're in love with? So we're just going to go Lockie Neal 30 disposals again at $2.40 and we're just going to put that straight in the bank. I'm that I lost confident. years off my life watching yeah, that it's last good fun, week. Isn't it, it was so stressful. It was going no good early. No, you see him just mm. loitering around. I'm like, could you just get it, please? He knew the boys were on. <laughs> he knew the boys were on and thought he needs to get his little, little nose in the trout <laughs> and the trough <laughs> and just get involved. And he did. So that's where we're going. Lockie Neal, 240 for the boys and, of course, Lifeline. That was Brit's best for Tap Touch. One person who, well, not pulling on the boots, but uh, scribbling on the whiteboard anymore is Alistair Clarks, and we thought we'd go through the archives and stumbled over a little bit of this audio. There was some uh, unexpected pressure for you last week from me, caused by me. Yeah. Um, you seemed relaxed during the week. I was surprised, and I uh, thought that you handled the fallout from that stuff from the couch last week. It was remarkable coolness. Did it, get up, did it get up your nose? <laughs> We've seen a little bit different than the words I just had with you before. You yeah. suggested <laughs> precious. Yeah. Oh, listen, yeah. I just thought it was out of line. I thought you, I think you're better than that as a journalist. Um, uh, you know, you and I have known each other for a long period of time, um, and I reckon you put your journalism above our friendship because it's so far from the truth. It's not funny. Alistair Clarkson never <laughs> let a journalist get away with something he believed was a myth's truth. Uh, we're going to miss him very dearly. More for the laughs he gives us, Brit. Absolutely. Last night, my dad called me and obviously they had uh, a segment on Clarko on the news and he said, how funny is the footage of Zay Ellis's face <laughs> when Clarko punches through the wall? He said, you've never seen someone with so much fear in their eyes. Oh, it's a funny uh, circumstance of sitting in the box. I don't know if you did that too often, but he would just be a different person, like completely go off his tree at times and say things that just he just knew weren't true. Like he'd say, gee whiz, Sam Mitchell, you're that soft. And like obviously one of the <laughs> hardest players to play the game. But on that occasion, I think we were pumping a team. Or no, we might have just had a turnover or something like that. And he'd been going, you could just tell he was going fire and fire and fire. And first of all, he had Mark Evans, who is now CEO at uh, Gold Coast, as he's like temperature gauge. <laughs> so whenever he'd get the boiling point, come on, Clark, oh, That'll do. And, yeah, he, he would respect. And then it became Chris Fagan, who now, of course, is Brisbane Lions head coach. So maybe good things happen if you can, can control Clarko's temperature. But he was going absolutely to steal a word he uses, bunta, that day, absolutely <laughs> off his tree. And I was sitting there fearing what was happening. And when that when he punched a hole through that wall, and, Britt, you said to me in the break, goes, oh, you scared? You were scared? I was like, yeah. his fist yeah. nearly hit me in the head <laughs> through a wall. And I'll tell you who should have been scared, Zave. 09, Hawthorne versus Essendon. Everyone should be able to remember yes. the Matthew Lloyd off the line. Who did he take out? 
Uh, Brad, uh, Brad Saul, Saul. cheekbone, Bruce cheekbone, jaw and eye socket, so, I reckon. So took him out and tell us a little bit about the loyalty yeah. from Clarko Mate, to his so I was boys. In, I was in the box again that day and surprisingly it was cool, calm and collective. We are playing for finals. We'd been ordinary all year. We had injuries everywhere. And, and Essendon were playing for finals as well. We were up by four or five goals. Anyway, Matthew Lloyd came off the square to uh, make a statement. He was captain. <laughs> And did. He absolutely smashed Brad Saul and knocked him out cold. And Clarko didn't really react. Mm-hmm. He was just quiet. And I was like, okay, all good. Game fizzled out. We no, lost. No, that's dangerous. And I was sitting up there and uh, the siren went and Clarko walked past me and said, oh, you know, ruffle your hair and, you know, end of the season. You'd say he was a little bit hot for not making finals. End of the season, da, da, da. And about two minutes had passed. And by that stage, all the assistant coaches had, had gathered around and uh, Mark Evans and those guys were there. And I just said, what, what are we waiting for? I said, oh, Clarko's gone for a whiz. I said, no, <laughs> Clarko left two minutes ago. Oh, no. And you should have seen the faces of Mark Evans. He just casually walked <sighs> off to bash Matthew Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> he was going oh, out on the oval and there's a famous photo of Clarko out on the field <laughs> and Mark Evans has his arms like on Clarkson saying, oh, no, no, get, no. get away. But, oh. you yeah, know, he just he sat there and sat there and sat there and then just said, Nope. All right, I'm going to go bash Lloydy. See you, guys. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, it was absolutely hilarious. Didn't get there, and of course, um, a lot of the time that he did fly off the handle, Clarko, and it happened a little bit, especially early days, it was often protecting one of his one of his players. So mm. there would be someone would attack one of his players or something would be going on in their personal life, and he would often make a scene to bro- draw the attention on himself. Yeah, I'm big enough. I've got thick skin. Whack me. Don't whack Whack you, which I always appreciated. Not that mm. I was ever really in the situation, but I know for a fact certain players at times did have things going on in their life. The media were lining him up and Clarko would do something outrageous. <laughs> and all of a sudden the story would just be channeled towards Clarko. What's his next little period look like? He's come out and said, I'm not sure if we can fully trust exactly what he says. He's going to take the year off, yep. but he won't be out of a coach's box for long. No, nah, 12 months. I reckon him and Karen will travel around the world. I know everyone goes, you can't travel yeah. these days, but you can. You can get out. You just can't get back in. It's a bit harder that way. Um, so he'll that travel. Makes it a bit difficult, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, he loves he loves NFL. Like Bill Belichick is his Bible. He calls it his Bible. It's Bill Belichick's book. And he loves EPL. He formed a game plan around what the EPL Bolton mm. Wanderers were doing with their um, defensive strategy. So yeah. he'll go he'll go study up uh, for sure. He'll go study up about that. And maybe a little trip to Harvard or something like that. But I did text him um, saying, and I didn't I didn't think I'd get a text did back. Did you get an yeah. emoji back? No, yeah, no actually, I got a, a text saying, um, you know, memories he'll cherish forever and, and all that sort of stuff. But I did write in there, hey, mate, all the best. Thank you very much for what you did for me for eight years. Um, and, you know, I love the family and the kids and that sort of stuff. And I said, just, I don't need to say it, but I'm going to say it. No punching walls or punching opposition players. <laughs> and we'll bet through this okay. But, uh, yeah, no, he's gone. But I reckon, Mick, 12 months he'll be back. And um, 12 months off will do him the world of good, I believe. It'll, it'll do him the world of good. Just to get his head back around. He's got kids. Yeah, 12 months with the kids and that sort of yep. stuff and a bit yeah. of travel. Mm. I'm just having a look at my latest dialogue with Ross Lyon. There's a lot of emojis. So yeah. he does a little <laughs> smiley face with the two little hands. Then he's got a big smiley face. Then he's got a winky face. Oh, <laughs> Then he's In just gone back to the big, use a wink? the big smiley. Hey, the the um, <laughs> slightly off center LOL yep. laughing face. Yep, and I then have the no monocle. Idea what that so is. there you go. There's then a little the bit of a different uh, text relationship. Talking about cherishing memories, <laughs> memories and life, and that sort of stuff with Clarko and Mick. You get the emojis. He's got to grow up. He's got to grow up. Do you reckon? When do you stop using emojis? Never. Oh, I'm back on them. Back on them now. You still use them? Oh. Right. <laughs> 
This motorsport update is brought to you by Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Time to sport motor talk. Sport mork. Time to talk sport <laughs> with Rusty. Of course, if you do love your motorsports, grab Rusty's podcast on the listener app called Rusty's Garage. Good morning, Rusty. Good morning. That is normally my domain, so you're forgiven. Don't worry. Oh, well, I just thought I'd tongue twist me way out of that one, mate. Now, I just quit really quickly, I believe you're in a lockdown yourself. We are, yeah. So uh, New Zealand um, had, had a case emerge during the week. Um, I'm a proud Aussie, as you guys yes. know, but uh, my wife is from this part of the world and we moved here in 2017. So, yep, uh, like, like most of Aussie, we're in, we're in lockdown too. Well, mate, you've got plenty of time to do a little bit of research and I need some information on the supercars. And, of course, there might be an NRL, a team that might be interested in getting involved. But some tap last week about the Brisbane Broncos registering um, an interest. Now reports that say that they are, quote-unquote, exploring an investment opportunity. Ooh. No real other uh, detailed comment on it. As you can appreciate, these things are, are confidential and at a very indicative phase. The reports, guys, link them uh, with Peter Addison, who is behind the Greg Murphy wildcard for Bathurst this year, the legendary bike racer McDoohan, Morris, who won Bathurst in 2014, mm-hmm. and Alan Gow, who's been very successful at running the British Touring Car Championship and worked with the great Peter Brock for, for many years. So if that's true, that'll be a very strong bid, good for the sport. We've mentioned on the Legends in recent weeks about the Australian Racing Group and a, a separate bid involving Mark Scaife and TLA Worldwide. Uh, some uh, rumours this week that those two may have joined forces, and if that's true, that will be a, a very tough um, you know, bit to, uh, to beat. Hey, Rusty, another casualty to COVID, unfortunately. The Japanese oh. Grand Prix called off. Uh, possibility of a replacement, or is it all finito? You know, they, they have um, called it early, too, because it w- wasn't due until October, and it's a legendary place. I mean, if you get talking to someone like Daniel Ricciardo about what it's like to drive around Suzuka, it's just, just mighty. And you've got to go back to something like 1987, to find a year where there wasn't a, a Japanese Grand Prix, right? So it's a, it's a real blow. Called it early. Uh, talk maybe of a replacement in the Middle East. Maybe uh, mm. Qatar, the Doha circuit, which they use for MotoGP, or they could also go to Dubai, to the, the Dubai Autodrome there. Uh, they, do, they do currently go to Abu Dhabi and, and Bahrain, but maybe another Middle Eastern venue. Oh, hopefully all is not lost there. And Yamaha has parted ways with one of its riders mm. in MotoGP. What's mm. the go here? This is quite a big story. So you can appreciate it, you know, that the front line, one of the major teams in the sport, very early in a two, or relatively early in a two-year deal, they say, see you later, we're done. So Maverick Vinales was announced last night, he's out. Cal Cruxlow will ride that bike for now. They say that, that Maverick uh, allegedly was found to have you know, tried to deliberately damage his engine in some way during the final laps of a recent race um, in Austria. Now, he apologised for it, clearly frustrated, uh, wanted out of his deal. He talked about that back in June. And already they say he may turn up on the, the, the rival bike, the Aprilia. So um, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty cool stuff there happening in MotoGP. Well, he got what he wanted. He got the arse and he's out yeah. straight away. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Rusty, mate, thanks very much for joining us again. Of course, if you do want another snack of motorsport, grab Rusty's podcast on the listener app, Rusty's Garage. Thanks, mate, and uh, all the best. Have a great week. And apologies for the dog barking in the background. That's Indy, <laughs> my Wimarana. She's ready for a walk. See you guys. Like, Good, go Good on him. you, mate. See you later. Bendix breaks. Put your foot down with confidence. Get a $700 trade-in on selected water heaters when you purchase a new Solar Heart hot water system.
Yes, let's rock and roll. We have five questions to get through our contestant this morning. For $400 is Cameron from Belden. Good morning, Cameron. Good morning, guys. How are you? I'm very well. Zave, how are you? Mate, 10 out of 10 this morning for me, Britt. Britt. I'm wonderful. 10 she out of 10. is nowhere this morning, Cameron. So if you do need uh, Mickey's mate, then I would be steering clear from Britt. You know the rules, Cameron. Five questions. You get all five, you get $400. Cool. Let's kick it off. Who do you follow in the football? AFL? Eagles. That's not a question. Eagles, okay. Eagles. Bad luck last weekend. Um, nah. Bad luck. <laughs> All bad luck. Hey, who won the Glendenning Allen medal in last weekend's derby? Mundy? Oh. oh uh, pardon? <laughs> Was it Dave Mundy? Well done, Kevin. You are out of the quiz this morning. <laughs> I was... I was yeah, given uh, strict instructions by our producer, Leach. He said, uh, fast quiz is a good quiz, and that is a record-breaking quiz. So, Cameron. <laughs> was, I conceived a child in that speed. Yeah. Good uh, Lord. I'm a little bit hungover this morning. Uh, yeah, mate, that's all right. It's forgiven, but it was Caleb Sarong. So wrong. You were so wrong. Where did you get to last night? If you're a little bit under the weather this morning, which uh, was it a local watering hole? Was it at home? We've yeah. got our pad for a little bit because we've gone so quickly. <laughs> uh, Ocean Reef Sea Sports Club for um, probably 10 Guinnesses. You know oh, that one, Zay? 10 Guinnesses? Yeah, probably. Ooh, <laughs> gee whiz, I wouldn't be here this morning if it was 10 Guinnesses, mate. Bad luck about that. Now, Mick... Uh, Short quiz is a good quiz. Six hundred dollars next week, Cam. Thanks for listening, mate. We'll uh, you get the opportunity next week to get back in. You've been listening to, or you are listening to. <laughs> I feel I that feel was dubby. the best quiz we've ever had. <laughs> Mick, that was the best quiz you've ever done. I have four questions in the locker that I've put a, countless amounts of effort into. Unbelievable! It's Triple M's Dead Set Legends for Newtown Toyota.